0: Hey guys, sorry, uh, me and Lauren couldn't make it this week. Um, I just wanted to say that that I love you and I miss you. Uh,
1: not really. I'm just fucking around. But um, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. Um, sorry we're gone. Yeah, actually, my work schedule has changed a bit, so I'm going to be having to go to bed a lot earlier than uh, than intended normally. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Bye.
2: Welcome to Shonen Trash, where we discuss a different anime series each week and decide if it's worth your time so you don't have to. I'm Spectacled Samurai Kevin Bobbitt, and today, it's just me. Uh, Vince and Lauren could not join us. For one, we're recording this at midnight, uh, and two, they've been traveling all weekend, so decided to give them a little bit of a break. But to join me today, we have special guest, Glenn O'Neill of the Eddy. Glenn, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here
2: uh i'm glad you're here uh i just found out that this is your first podcast ever so this is awesome for me
1: i hope i hope it is (laughs) you better Uh, you better treat me right kevin
2: i got you i'll treat you nice and tenderly
1: oh god already here we go uh
2: the show is real easy we're just going to talk about the show that we watched this week which is samurai shampoo and uh there's a lot more we can talk about besides just the show but we'll start with that um but before we get into the actual show, let's introduce you, and who is Glenn O'Neill? Glenn, what do you do? Uh,
1: well, first and foremost, uh, I'm, a, I'm a dad. I got three kids. Uh, I'm a husband, and I live in Canada, so I'm a Canadian, uh, which are, I guess, th- maybe three new things for, for the Shonen, Shonen, Shonen Trash podcast. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, aside from that, uh, I own and founded the website TheYeti.com, which is a uh, geeky pop culture T-site where we do t-shirts and posters and vinyl records and basically whatever Mike and I are kind of interested in. It kind of takes us in crazy places. Uh, I think the weirdest thing we did was a, a full boyfriend, Daki Makura, <laughs>
2: God, that Doc McStuffins was so good. That was for the uh, the humble bundle, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a requested thing, and I was like, "Yeah, I can do that." <laughs> and then I frantically figured out how I can do that. Oh man! So uh, I'm I'm myself. Uh, I'm an, I'm an artist, uh, self-taught, uh, typically in graphic design to start, and I kind of fell into T-shirts, uh, and just organically followed it where it went. It landed in good places, so, you know, can't complain.
2: I mean, the Yeti's doing fantastic. I've been following the Yeti for years now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I think the the best part about it for me is meeting artists that I'm a massive fanboy for, and then just being, like, super casual about it. Be like, hey, we should work together. And... Yeah,
2: I found a lot of artists through, like, going through the Yeti, and, and knowing you for, like, the last, how many years have I known you now? Like, three years? Maybe? I
1: th- Yeah, three years, three years. Yeah, ever since that one Magfest.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's this is all it all connects. Like the reason, so the reason I ever know anybody is because of the Yeti. In all
1: honesty, <laughs> it's a pretty magical. Uh, it's a magical unifying thing. The family reach is is very strong.
2: Uh, I still have my first t shirt I ever bought from the Yeti.
1: That's that's rad. Which one?
2: Uh, it was the uh, the Archie Catherine shirt that Amanda Flagg did.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's super dope.
2: That is still one of my favorite shirts that I own. I wear it whenever I can.
1: Fun fact, the first shirt we ever did, designed by me, uh, <laughs> it has it's an asteroid-style shirt with all the ships from different sci-fi shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, the high score in the top corner is actually my first daughter's date of birth. Oh,
2: that's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, because uh, we had her just, just before we launched the Yeti. And it was wow. like new baby... Uh, <laughs> And the uh, new 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 business, <laughs> so I haven't had a that's chance, really cool. Haven't had a chance to put all my babies' date of births on T shirts, but maybe one day. That's that's
2: that's actually really awesome. Uh, so that's you. Um, <laughs> so uh, so another question. I've always actually wanted to ask this question because we run the Yeti ad every week. So everybody that watches the show, I'm sure they buy the shirts and they've seen the stuff everywhere. Yeah where did the idea for the Eddie come from?
1: Um, well, okay. Uh, Mike, my business partner, uh, Mike and I met on Twitter of all places. Uh, uh, we we're both artists and we we're both working in the tea industry and we wanted to launch something, uh, that treated artists as at least as good as the customers. Cause let's face it, artists get a bad, bad deal sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and originally, uh, Before I was doing the Yeti, I drew myself a lot. I did a a comic called Glog, and it was a daily comic about myself. And I drew my face uh, a lot, which sounds really strange to say aloud. But uh, (laughs) the shape of the inside of my face, where my beard is, is actually the principal design for the Yeti, but kind of inverted. Uh, I came up with the Yeti, uh, and the sketches were basically based on self-portraits (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, and then I, I,
1: I, I pitched it to Mike because in running a company like this out of Canada would have been a, a tricky one with uh, getting blank shirts and shipping out from here. Logistically, it made sense to do it through Mike. So Mike was able to handle that end and we launched the website. Everything went gravy after that. It was pretty cool. But yeah, the, the name the Yeti was just, uh, I don't know, I grew up in Canada like Bigfoot. Just kind of came together. It was a good pun. God,
2: that's 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 actually really awesome.
1: Uh, I don't I don't know. It's,
2: it's 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 crazy to see how how much that company has grown in in, in all this time. And
1: the first the first illustration of the yeti, uh, I I don't want to say where, but it was at my day. I drew it on my break at my day job, in which I make coffee, overpriced coffee for people. <laughs> ah. Uh, well, huh. I,
2: that's there could be two answers to that. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was, it's just kind of I don't know. Mike and I were both doing t-shirts, and we wanted to do something different. And we knew a lot of other t-shirt artists, so it was uh, really easy to reach out and find people who were interested in, I don't know, getting, getting a little bit more <laughs> than they were used to from other t-companies at the time.
2: You guys do a lot for your artists. I will definitely say that. You guys do a lot for your artists and for your, uh, for your customers.
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't I don't like to go too crazy about like tooting my own horn or anything, but I, my my mantra has always been uh, under promise over deliver when it comes to customers, and uh, <clears throat> when it comes to artists like it, I don't know it just makes really good business sense and I'm not a businessman I'm an artist turned into a businessman <laughs> but it makes really good business sense to treat the people making the creative works the best because you treat artists well you get the best art you get the best art you sell the most, most shirts like it doesn't seem like rocket science to me.
2: <laughs> and you guys have some uh, some amazing artists, like some some amazing artists that work for the team now, which is we're really nuts.
1: we're really we're really lucky. I mean, the the coolest part about my job is I get to meet these cool artists and you know learn more about them personally. They become close friends and even family in a lot of cases. So you know working working closely with these people is really special. so uh, I'm really lucky really really lucky in that way because uh it could go completely wrong really easily (laughs) jesus so
2: well uh instead of writing the ad this week we're just gonna keep that in (laughs) um yeah if you're if,
1: if, if, if you're a fledgling artist or you know looking for a way to try something different uh, you know, and I don't mean fledgling in a negative way. Maybe I didn't scrap that. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're an artist looking to do something different, uh, you can always submit something to the Yeti and, you know, try it out. When I designed my first, t- first T-shirt, it really got me into the whole scene of screen printing. and It's like a restricted art form where you can only work in so many colors and you have to consider where it lies on the shirt. It's really fun to play with and I think that passion with me has never left, so... Uh, even if you don't design T-shirts, even if you do three D design, there's ways to make it into T-shirts, man. Just give it a shot.
2: <laughs> there you guys go. Give it a shot. Go submit to the Yeti. You know what? If you if if any of you guys submit to the Yeti from listening to this episode, and your shirt gets printed, let me know, and I will buy that shirt.
1: <laughs> I'll, Hands down,
2: I will buy that shirt.
1: That that is a automatic sale. So you've already made your first dollar fifty. <laughs> so.
2: Um so let's get into uh the actual the uh, every week we do anime updates. So this week there's not much anime news. Um anime-wise, we have a new preview for My Hero Academia season 2, which premieres on March 25th. Um I'm we always talk about this show on here and we're eventually going to do the show on here like mm-hmm. for the first season. I'm so excited for this. Uh this is probably one of the most this is probably one of the best series we got last season Hmm. uh it 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 was weird because usually uh everything we watch goes through uh crunchyroll but this one actually came through hulu um because they actually got the simulcast rights for it um and i believe it's on funimation's website now Hmm. i'm not sure but hulu did a great job with it and we're gonna see season two hopefully coming back to hulu or maybe i'll just go to funimation's website since they're doing a lot of simulcast stuff now
1: um, what's what's the elevator pitch for this one? What's what's the elevator pitch for the series?
2: For my hero academia? Yeah. Who? Uh, so imagine imagine living in a world where superheroes are a normal thing and anybody can become a superhero and the story is about a kid who wants, who idolizes, like, the most popular superhero in the world and finds out that there's a school for young heroes, and this guy runs the school, so he wants to go to the school. He wants to become, like, his favorite hero, and that's, like, his strive hmm. of him trying to go through school and become a great hero. That his drive is to become a great hero like his hero is to him.
1: That's pretty dope.
2: Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, I definitely recommend, like, reading the manga or just watching the first season of the anime. Hmm. <laughs> um and not anime news but news anyway is GDC is this week.
1: Yeah, I'm going. Um
2: yeah, that's it started today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I don't cuz the first half there's the exhibition and then there's like mm. the conference which is like uh a bunch of different panels, and meetings and stuff like that. Uh Mike and I usually go down to check out what's coming up. Like last year at GDC it was all VR. Like the whole place was VR. And like crazy shit like there's a guy who's strapped in on like a bird's wing sort of thing, lying on his stomach with bird's wings, wearing the VR and flying around a city. So like, like not That's just awesome. like not just like PSVR big titles, but like fringe fringe stuff. So right. it's really cool to check out kind of what's coming.
2: Um, I know this this week. I mean, it, it probably won't be like a big focus, but I'm sure there's gonna be stuff like a big buzz about the Switch because the Switch comes out this week.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure i know that uh on the third and the internet's gonna go dark and everyone's just gonna be playing nintendo switch
2: except for me because i had to cancel my pre-order so
1: no why
2: uh i had to do an adult thing and buy a new bed for myself Uh, so
1: sleep is important sleep is definitely important
2: yeah so that's a fun thing that i have to do um but it's okay I'll get one eventually I I wanted to just I I really just wanted to hop on Zelda like day one but I'll get it it's okay I'm not going to lose my mind over it
1: to me uh, I don't think like I think Zelda's going to have spoilers but I don't think it's going to be crazy spoilers because I feel like we've seen how the game works and Miyamoto himself said like if you want to fight the last boss right away you can but you're going to die so like I don't feel like there's going to be a huge leak of spoilers day one maybe in like i'm ready four days
2: <laughs> i'm ready for the first gdq after this thing comes out and somebody just like beats this game in like six minutes well or something
1: zelda Zeldathon in uh june uh second week of june i think zelda uh, is a uh, themed after wild and they're going to be running breath of the wild for it so that's even before oh g God. before gdc yeah
2: um, so that's it for news um, again I'm not going to run the ad because we just had you talk about the Yeti for like 10 minutes so uh, so let's actually get into the meat of the show um, so usually when we start we'll read up the show descriptions and I'll actually do that this week mm. uh, our show description comes from Crunchyroll uh, as usual which good lord hopefully this one actually works usually when we get these, uh, these descriptions these ones are actually from the, the page on the Crunchyroll site yeah We've had ones that have had uh, incorrect grammar. We've had ones that are like, that spoil like half the show. All that kind of stuff. So let's like, I've seen this show a million times. Hopefully this one is actually somewhat
1: decent. We'll see, we'll see.
2: Mugen is a ferocious animalistic warrior with a fighting style inspired by brink dancing. Jin is a ronin samurai (laughs) who wanders the countryside alone. They may not be friends, but their paths continually cross. And when ditzy waitress Fu gets them out of hot water with the local magistrate, they agree to join her in search for the samurai who smells like sunflowers.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> okay, it's not that it's bad. Not, it's not horrible, but it's not great.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's it's alright. <laughs> um, so another thing we usually do, and I actually wrote all these down instead of actually having this page open, is we actually go uh, we've we've started to change up the way the show goes. Mm. So now we'll actually give the description for the show, and then we'll get into the meat of the actual episode. Hmm. So for the first episode, it says, Fu is a part-time tea house worker whose life changes forever when two vagabond warriors, Mugen and Jin, stumble into her, biz- stumble into her place of business and end up in hot water with the local magistrate.
1: There's that line again.
2: That's, <laughs> that's, it's literally just, the that's that's the description for the first episode. Again, it comes from Crunchyroll. Uh <laughs> So I will say this show immediately opens with some of the best opening series music ever. Uh anything from Watanabe has fantastic music. Mm-hmm. And this is done by the late and great Nujabes. Mm-hmm. He does Battle Cry in this and like I actually have this song on my like on my iPod. Like that's it's just, it's just good. Like you can't you can't judge anybody for having this on there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it is definitely uh, probably for me. Like for me personally, and this is just my personal experience to it. Uh, Nujibiz introduced me to Samurai Champloo, not the other way around. Because a lot of my friends at the time, like uh Mark Yunker and Deborah Jackson, they were uh they were rocking this music and we were drawing comics and stuff. And I was like, "What's this from?" They're like, "Oh, it's from this anime." And that's how I, I knew Cowboy Bebop, but I didn't know that he made another anime after. So uh, it drew me into it, and I was like, "Yes, but yeah, <laughs> Nujibiz N- and fat John, like all four albums that came out from the show, like they're yeah. in my regular rotation for sure
2: man uh so this this is another thing we talk about with the show is that usually openings for shows this this is, so my this is how for, for me personally, how I like like a first episode for a series to go is it'll jump immediately into the series and you get no opening, yeah." Because a lot of shows, with that opening, they spoil so much from the show. Yeah. And this, this thankfully, spoils nothing. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, this is just great music, some great art pieces, and that's
1: it. The way I like to, like, to people who haven't watched it, the way I like to pitch it to people is, like, imagine a hip-hop uh, samurai movie, like a Chambara film, but uh, it's directed by Guy Ritchie. <laughs>
2: yeah that's pretty good actually
1: because the characters are uh basically the same person let's be honest Jin and mugen are the same person with different attitudes (laughs) uh but uh just two sides of the same coin two sides of the same coin and uh they uh, interact in a way that's very much like watching a Guy Ritchie film, and even like the pacing and the editing sometimes, where they do the rrrr and they cut between the scenes. Oh, the, and uh, stuff. the
2: record scratches and everything. Yeah,
1: it just feels like that stylistically, and maybe maybe like I don't have a broad enough uh, taste to see other references in there, but that's that's the feeling I got the first time I watched it, was yeah. that like this is like the dopest samurai anime ever.
2: Like this I mean this show is obviously so hugely inspired by hip hop music and everything. Mm-hmm. And which which definitely plays into the record scratching like and 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 in like the first minute of the show we actually are it shows modern day mm-hmm, uh, and it's mm-hmm. going to like a cityscape and it then it like it does the record scratch rewind going back to the Edo period where the show was actually set which is fantastic to me
1: yeah yeah well and the whole thing like uh Champl- itself means like mixed up like uh improvised mixed up it's like a dish where you'd you'd fry whatever you got in the in a pot sort of thing so like it's a samurai mashup so to speak uh where all these these characters are thrown together with a hip hop sort of dish if it was a meal <laughs> so
2: it's a i mean it's, it's a remix it's, it's just,
1: yeah yeah you call
2: it that in all honesty
1: well and like it i mean obviously when you do when you do a, a samurai sort of uh Show or sort of thing, uh, you got the standard standard features like rival gangs and small towns and dice halls and wandering warriors and you know foreigners and blind samurai. That whole that whole spin there, uh, mm-hmm. that's like that's pulled straight out of like chambara films from like uh, stuff like Yojimbo and Sanjuro and like Sword of Doom and shit like that. So like it borrows from that and then it. Remixes it with the hip hop. Absolutely, it's a it's a great mixture. Uh,
2: so initially, when this episode when this when the show starts, we're introduced to we're never really introduced to our characters in the beginning. We're just shown our characters. So we see, uh, we see Jin. Well, we see we see just a shot of Mugen just standing in the street, staring in the sky when mm-hmm. this first starts out. Um. They were introduced to Jin, who is standing in a crowd of a man who's just like begging to keep his job, Mm -hmm. Uh, and Jin is the more like Jin is an actual samurai. We're just gonna out of the two characters, Jin is an actual samurai.
1: Yeah, like we found out
2: we found out much later in the series that Mugen was like a pirate, and then he was like a slave for a while. He was in jail
1: so and apparently <laughs> here's the funny thing he apparently he's like 19 like yeah mugen's character is 19 so like he's been through a lot of shit <laughs> in 19 years right yeah
2: so um and when we're introduced to him and he sees you know he sees this they call him the magistrate he's a governor
1: yeah so, i mean um yeah
2: so they, he, this guy's begging for his job and the magistrate tells him like his money is like worthless mm-hmm. uh, to him and he orders his, I guess his bodyguard to our other samurais. And this, this is actually, this was I guess a common thing where like samurai who, I guess it got to a period where being a samurai, it got to the point where, being, where, where samurais and things were being kind of edged out.
1: Yeah, there wasn't, there was a time of peace. So right. there, a lot of samurai uh, didn't have any purpose.
2: So they were pretty much um, like sell swords, swords for hire. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it wasn't it was really the most honorable thing, mm-hmm. because you would do things that were unhonorable just to be able to really keep a job and, you know, <laughs> have some purpose to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as Jin saw that, like, he went to go draw his sword, and a guy actually stops him and just like tells him he's you know that's that's the that's the governor and those are his men and you know all this other stuff like that yeah so it, it this show teaches you some stuff without really telling you a lot about
1: well yeah samurais and everything and like the whole thing's loaded with historical characters too uh and references yeah. to like uh the dutch the dutch visiting and uh stuff like that like i know that the, the episode five is like the painter is based off an actual with painter the,
2: Yes, about the ukiyo-e paintings. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and everything. they even mentioned Van Gogh
1: in that episode, which was really cool to me. hmm So like, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's got lots of learning. And I I mean, for a Western audience, it's a lot of learning. But for like the the premier audience, it's probably not. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> this is probably stuff that they, they've known for forever. But Westerners just, this is, I mean, but honestly, this is a good way for Westerners to kind of get that kind of information.
1: Yeah, and like I said, like if you if you watch a lot of samurai flicks, like you totally pick up on the the jams that are uh typical and that sort of stuff. 'Cause like uh like all the westerns we know, like Good, the Bad and the Ugly and all that stuff, they're all based off of Samurai movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah.
2: Uh like if if you this is, this is a great example actually. Uh if you look at recent movies that have come out, they have the Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Magnificent Seven is a ripoff of the seven samurai. Yeah. Uh, which actually spawned, which which actually spawned an anime that came out of here called Samurai 7.
1: Which is they, not very good.
2: It's not a great anime, but it's okay. I actually, I like it just because I loved the 7 Samurai.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, the best part of uh, Samurai 7 is when they're collecting the Samurais at the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) Once once it turns into like uh, mechs and battles in space, it's uh, not really space, but like giant flying robots. It it
2: turns into a space opera at that point, yeah. Because there's like giant mechs everywhere, and that made zero sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, that's it is never explained why that's a thing in that show. Yeah, it just kind of goes there. uh but yeah, giant, they're, they're like giant mech samurai, I don't, and I love giant mech stuff, like anybody that listens to this show knows I'm like a huge Gundam fan, Eureka 7 is my jam, like I could talk about mech stuff all day, but that shit was weird.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like, there's other, there's other examples too, like uh, for a few dollars more, the Clinice would flick is just a rip-off of Yojimbo, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so like... Everything we know about well, well, not everything, but a lot of what we know about westerns is based off samurai movies, which I think is also why uh, this did really well with western audiences because there's that familiarity. Except for instead of sword, instead of guns, they have swords, which is mm-hmm. almost cooler.
2: Yeah, swords is a lot cooler than guns. Like I mean, gun, you can take one shot, it's done. Yeah. Swords, there's the clash. There's it's it's all strat. It's that a sword fight is a strategy. In all honesty. Yeah. You have to just, you have to be like you know three steps ahead of your opponent. A, gu- a gunfight, bang! It's done. It's a wrap. You got shot one time. You can catch a bullet one time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think uh, I mean to go back to Mugen and Jin. I think like like you said, same coin, two sides. But I think like in a way, Jin represents the ideals and uh, concepts of the past, and Mugen is almost like a personification of like modern sentiments in Japan of like. Mm-hmm. uh being a little more self-centered and like uh I wouldn't say animalistic but like he's like Mugen has a heart and he doesn't want he's more
2: free-spirited and Uh like
1: and like in a way he's like he doesn't fear death but like there's that episode where he's like totally fearing death (laughs) so like Mm -hmm. uh I think it kind of shows like the ego of a of a generation that rejects I guess tradition Mm -hmm. so and even Jin comes the other way too in some episodes where he's like yeah okay. You know. I mean, even
2: in in this in this first episode, it it starts with them uh, at a beheading. They they're gonna get beheaded. Yeah. And they both like they they're both opposed to this guy's authority. Like, and, and being a samurai, you usually you're supposed to kind of go with the grain, but he just he wasn't about it.
1: Yeah yeah yeah.
2: Um. And and
1: then and then there's uh and then there's Fu. <laughs> Oh so, Uh Pro- she.
2: I don't know. I never know what to think of Fu every time I watch this series.
1: Well, she's mysterious. She don't know much about her, but mm-hmm. she definitely plays like the vixen role under the male gaze. You know, she's got a squirrel under under all that under all those robes that just pops out when it's convenient. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it in the actual. Um... I think it is the fifth episode when the squirrel pops out. It's a, it's a great comedy moment yeah. uh, from from the other times you actually see the squirrel in the show. Yeah, Momo-san. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, you know what? It's I don't think that's ever explained where Momo-san actually comes from. No,
1: it's just just chilling out. And in... it's just there. Yeah. Uh,
2: so getting back to the episode, uh, we've met Jen at this point, and then we actually meet Mugen, who comes in. To uh, I guess it's a tea house uh, where Fu is working, and there are men there who are just being you know they're they're being rude and they're kind of just they're kind of just taking over the space, and uh, Mugen like offers he says you know I want fifty dumplings and I'll take care of these guys.
1: Yeah, it's it's the magistrate's son, isn't it?
2: Uh, it's the magistrate's son and a bunch of like thugs that he's with. Yeah, yeah. So she tries to, like, bargain him down to, like, not pay him the 50 to get rid of these guys who are obviously just, like, terrorizing this building. Yeah. And she she actually trips and spills tea on the uh, the magistrate's son, and he threatens to cut her finger off. Like, one of the guys is, like, holding her down. And another guy, I guess he's just got a new sword, and he's, like, ready to cut off her finger. Yeah. And she just, she, like, screams out that she'll give him 100. And... This is a great moment for Mugen because we realize how dumb he actually is. Because he's he's there's like I think maybe like eight guys.
1: Yeah.
2: And she's gonna give him a hundred dumplings to get rid of these eight guys. He's like he's like oh so it must be five for each guy. Like he doesn't know basic fucking math. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like even the people who are behind like in the in the back are just like wait his math is wrong. Like I think that's actually a line. Yeah that, yeah his, yeah. His math is wrong. Yeah um so he's fighting uh well he he didn't it's not even really fighting i mean he just handles these guys he cuts this dude's arm off
1: well here's here's no care here's where like up until this point it could have been any other director mugen i think is the character that really shines watanabe's stuff especially at this reveal when he shows him fighting as Mm. soon as he started fighting i was like this is fucking spike spiegel like, yeah. the way that they do combat in the first couple of episodes of Cowboy Bebop, I was just, like, straight up, I was like, yes, this is what I was waiting for. Because <laughs> when he starts doing the breakdance fighting, like, it's, it's like a champaloo kendo, where it's, like, improvised kendo with other different martial arts that he picked up as a pirate and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, crazy. And, like, the sword is swinging around everywhere, and he's wearing those sandals. <laughs>
2: His his metal plated sandals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he can use while he's fighting, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but he 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 he, he immediately he cuts this guy's arm off, mm. and this guy actually comes back up in the yeah. third and fourth episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, revenge plot.
2: The, a really dumb revenge plot because at that point Mugen doesn't even know who the hell this dude is. He's already <laughs> like, he's guy, already forgotten. This guy's whole drive is to get revenge on Mugen for cutting his arm off, and Mugen is just like, "Who are you?" What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So he cuts out all all of his men, and then he um. They tell him that they have three samurai, like in, uh, I guess in their payroll, and he says, you know, he he says, "Do you know who I am?" We have these three samurai, and they'll come and cut you down, and. He, like, goes up to the governor's son and just, like, grabs his hand. He says, I'll count to ten, and these guys better be here. And when he starts counting, every time he counts a second, he breaks one of his fingers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is, like, he he breaks the first three, and then, like, the guys run. And as soon as he's getting ready to break the other ones, Jin pops in. Yeah. And now, while this whole fight was happening, Jin killed those three other samurai who mm-hmm. were uh, with the governor. That were that were like harassing the uh, the guy who wanted to keep his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he made a very. Sh- he, for one, he he talks down to the guys who are the three samurai because they are cell swords at this point. You know, they they've become dishonorable by becoming cell swords for somebody who's doing these dishonorable things. Yeah, yeah. And he immediately just cuts these guys down. Uh, and I think. Either the, either the governor just runs away or Jin just le- or he just leaves. I don't, I don't remember which one. I can't but, remember either. Um. So at this point, this is where the, this is where our, our three main characters meet. At this point,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, where Fu is still in the, in the restaurant, Jin is still breaking this guy's fingers, and no Mugen's breaking this guy's fingers, and Jin just walks in, and just oh you're busy, and he tries to leave. <laughs> And cocky-ass Mugen just comes in and says, oh, you must be one of those three samurai. He says, no, I made short work of them. He's like, oh, that's even better. And he immediately goes to fight him.
1: Yeah, because was this this drunk with this the starts, rage.
2: <laughs> this starts the rivalry that goes through the entire series where they just want to kill each other. Well,
1: I mean, it's the most uh, uh, subtle subplot that's kind of dormant until the last episode. It's like the will they won't they have their right. have their duel.
2: And they fight in almost every episode after this. And it's it's great. It's great to see them because throughout the series, like, uh, a weird, like, I don't even, I want to call it French, but I guess just a rivalry just builds up between the two of them.
1: Oh, yeah, it was there since day one. Like, it just gets and, worse. <laughs>
2: yeah, it gets worse. And, and, like, as they're going on, you can see that, like, though their their personalities differ so much, you can see so much of each other. And, and it, it's just, you know, like, well they're both Although they won't they they probably won't because they'll they'll like eventually see eye to eye at this point
1: well and the big part of it too is like they they're the both like massive egos and they're both like I don't need anybody but then they constantly rely on each other yeah <laughs> yeah
2: I think there's there's I think in the in the within the third and fourth episode actually um they they run off from foo and they eventually meet back up and still need each other like in the mm-hmm. last scene of the fourth episode to like kill all the thugs and everything to get out yeah 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 so it's it's never it's never that they don't need each other it's just they come to rely on each other at a at a certain point
1: yeah yeah that one that one that one ends with them both in in handcuffs though the first episode they're both uh, shackled about to be beheaded and it's it cuts to what's it to foo with the bombs in her jacket <laughs> in the most comical uh, run ever
2: it's 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 the most non fan servicey fan servicey thing they've really put in this show <laughs> was was just that 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 little scene of her running with the bombs
1: i mean uh, i mean to step away from it for a second let's be honest watana day is a bit pervy
2: yeah oh god yeah He's, i mean if you've yeah. seen
1: if you've seen uh space dandy you know, I was gonna say, you know what um, I'm, I'm talking space about dandy? <laughs> uh, like the whole reason god. the whole reason cowboy bebop stopped because it was too too much for tv and then really yeah 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 it was too violent for television because a lot of stuff was happening uh globally at the time so they had to stop making it they only made the one i forget it was the one season and then they made this
2: one season and they made the movie then they
1: made the movie and if you if you watch the last episode of the season there's something about it there i don't want to say too much but uh uh basically like Two... For how old,
2: man? For how old that show is, you can talk about whatever you want. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But like that show ended, and then he's like, "It'll continue one day when the TV censors aren't so crazy." And then he made uh, uh, Samurai Champloo, which was just a little bit racier, and then freaking Space Dandy, which is like <laughs> libido unleashed.
2: So what? I, so what? I what I'm trying to figure out, and, and we're talking about this now. I'm trying to figure out who was this really too racy for though because all of these series when they came to the West came on in the adult swim block which was for like late night TV. Oh. Where this is, you know, this was pretty much fine for late night TV.
1: I mean, it was it was Cowboy Bebop was controversial in Japan because gotcha. it was considered for too risque for TV. And like I mean, I've seen Japanese television. It's crazy, right? But <laughs> But like uh yeah, there was things that are being broadcast at the same time that were far worse, but I think uh mm-hmm. there was a lot of uh gun violence happening that was not in tune with what I guess broadcaster wanted to do. So That's
2: I mean I guess it's it's animation, so it's held it's like got kinda of different standard.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean uh I it I different time right two thousand one
2: yeah, it's so yeah, there was a lot going on in two thousand and one that's for sure, yeah <laughs> um, so let's see, let's see where were we at uh cuts on the governor's men, okay, so this is where 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 they're locked up after after that whole, okay, so while they were fighting, the guy who whose army cut off came in and burned down the the tea house, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and immediately after that, Jin and Mugen are captured um, and are sent to prison, and they are going to be beheaded at sunset the next day, but before that, they're just being tortured the entire time. Uh, and while they are held in prison, Fu decides she wants to come and save them so she can, she can use them for something. Mm-hmm. And we don't find that out until the end of the episode, but she wants to find the samurai that smells like sunflowers. Who is somebody that's important to her, but she gives like pretty much no details besides that the samurai and it smells like sunflowers.
1: Yeah, and it becomes a driving force of the entire series. Hold on, step 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 one here though. What does sunflowers smell like?
2: <laughs> you know what, I I've I've grown up from Maryland my entire life. Sunflowers are the state flower of Maryland, and every time I smell the sunflower, they don't really smell like much.
1: So like. That's pretty that's a pretty vague uh, description to go on. I'm just saying are the, uh, another follow-up question are sunflowers in Japan? <laughs> I don't know this. Is this a thing?
2: I, you know what I don't know because in a lot of like old artwork you actually do see sunflowers and I don't know if it was something that was just brought over there at, at some point but I don't now you don't see much about sunflowers in Japan besides you know like old paintings and
1: everything. Yeah, yeah. I imagine they have them there, but I wonder if, like, it was a native species. Because I, I'm pretty sure, like, sunflowers are... I don't know. I don't know enough about... I'm not a botanist, so I'm speaking outside of my element here. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Samurai smells like sunflowers. This is definitely an important plot point. Um,
2: so, she... She. This is where the uh, the scene where where Fu is running down the street. Well, well, she's she's looking for a way to save them at the execution because she couldn't save them in jail because she broke the key off from the door, <laughs> trying to break them out. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Uh, so she's running through the town and she's she she takes they're not they're not even bombs they're fireworks from from a from a guy in the town. She gets the fireworks. She gets a la- she t- takes a ladder from two guys that are just sitting. Uh, on the side of the street, and she she takes a, a light from a guy that's in the crowd. So she climbs up on the roof of where they're being executed, mm-hmm. and just throws these fireworks in there. And it's just like I guess as the little smoke screen because Jin and Mugen obviously break out of them being in shackles and everything. Like yeah, yeah. it's there. It's the first episode. Protagonists they're not going to die in the first episode unless they're going to make this series a whole flashback thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So they fight, they cut down the, all this, they cut down as many samurai as they can. Food drops in the fireworks at this point and they all escape. And she tells them that now they owe their lives to her because she's, she saved them. Which is true. Yeah. To a degree. <laughs> and, uh, they decide that they're going to do a coin flip to see if they go with her or if they just leave.
1: Yeah. Yeah
2: and Mugen showing no restraint whatsoever just throws this coin in the air and they even make a comment that, that uh, Fu says did you have to throw it that hard and Jenny comes back this man obviously shows no restraint <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it actually lands and just hits her squ- she has a giant forehead yeah. by the way Oh yeah, yeah. her yeah. forehead is massive and it just lands square in the middle of her forehead and so she wins the coin flip. So now they have to help. Uh, they have to help her find the samurai that smells like sunflowers. And they're walking off into the sunset because it's. it's uh, of course they are. Yeah. And it, it just it cuts to the end of the episode, which. My God! It cuts to one of my favorite. Again, this the music in this whole show is fantastic. This show the show uses six pieces of music. It uses. Um,
0: it uses battle, battle cry for its opening mm-hmm.
2: for every episode and the ending the the main ending it uses is uh shekinah by new jabez and uh mean Me. but in four episodes they actually use different uh different endings uh so for episode 12 where they use uh whose theme
0: mm-hmm.
2: episode 17 uses you 23 uses fly and the final episode uses san francisco So you do get, and you get a lot of great music that comes out of this show, but Battle Cry and Shikin Ucha are probably my favorite two, and the most memorable pieces of music you get out of this
1: show, Mm -hmm. because you hear them in almost every episode. Well, yeah, and that intro, I don't think I ever skipped that intro once.
2: (laughs) Nope. Never. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's... You you even it, even it, it, even even gets you hyped for the show.
1: Yeah, even when binge watching, like I don't think I skip that episode. I don't skip, yeah. skip the intro at all. Yeah.
2: It, it's weird because a lot of these shows that we do for this for the podcast, we will actually like. I'll I'll, I'll watch you know, like the first like maybe one or two times, and I'll skip it the rest of the times when I'm going through. Yeah. Every time I watch the opening and the ending for this and for this for when I was watching the episodes again. Just because I hadn't really I hadn't heard it in so long because I think I've. I've watched this whole series maybe three times all the way through, mm. and that was years ago. The last time I watched this, so just to just to, to watch this again and just have that bit of music is just perfect for me. So I decided just you know to just let it ride through the whole thing.
1: An important question: uh, su- subs or dubs?
2: I watch this with the subs.
1: Mm. I think the dub for the show isn't bad. I think it's pretty good. I mean, but it's not as good as. Uh, cowboy bebop's dub which even most people would agree that uh the english dub is better than the sub (laughs) even Mm -hmm. the creator said that he prefers the dub version over the sub
2: i will watch the dub of cowboy bebop because that's the only way i've ever watched it
1: yeah um but uh i think uh that being said i think you can watch it either way and it's pretty enjoyable for
2: yeah, when, whenever we 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 never usually tell people what you know what way we're gonna watch the show. Yeah, um, the only time we actually did do that was for our Yu Yu Hakusho episode mm-hmm. because the subs for that, the voices for the for the original voices for that show are not good. That show's really old, and it just it just it was not good. Like I've tried to watch the Japanese versions of Yu Yu Hakusho so many times, and I just couldn't. It just it that's that's it it didn't hold up the dub always holds up that's like it's great dubbing for that show but i cannot watch the subs for that
1: <laughs> yeah fair enough uh it's the same with me with like ghibli films i can't watch the dubs really the only one the only one that i i'm okay with are two i'm okay with two nausicaa and castle in the sky those ones i can tolerate but all the other ones not
2: spirited away
1: no Got to watch it in Japanese. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Call me a call me a purist. Uh, I just think the voice acting for the diverse cast is just uh, much better delivered in Japanese. I don't think it carries the same weight.
2: I think the the one. I mean, I I, I can watch them for Ghibli films. I can watch them in in either fashion. Mm-hmm. But I think the one I will always prefer to watch in English would be Kiki's Delivery Service.
1: Yeah, that, well, that one's not bad. I mean, I because I have the kids, I watch them all in, in, in dubbed. <laughs> and the worst, the bane of my existence for dubbed is Ponyo. And some people are like, what? I oh, didn't like the, I didn't Ponyo like the good English, in English
2: for Ponyo. It's really bad.
1: Yeah, well, it's like Miley Cyrus's little <laughs> brother. Uh huh. And like, ugh, I just can't do the voices. There's just, no. <laughs> no anyways we're getting way off track here sorry
2: that's fine this is how this i mean the show we get off track a lot on this show it's okay we try to just keep it in here as long as it relates back to what we're talking about we're good
1: yeah yeah and ponyo is uh, secretly a samurai so it all loops back
2: <laughs> ponyo is the prequel to uh to samurai shampoo he
1: he is the or she is the samurai who smells like sunflowers
2: there you go <laughs> um <laughs> let's see it's, it's so we get uh, I guess I mean I'm looking at time that we're on the podcast and there's so much more I want to talk about like so second episode we're just we're, we're gonna bullet through these because there's other stuff I want to talk about with, with this show besides just the episodes yeah episode episode
1: um, 2 is the revenge plot
2: episode 2 is a revenge plot episode and the summary goes uh, when Mugen wounds an enemy's arm the guy who we met from the first episode. It sets off a, a dangerous chain reaction. Mm. Fu is kidnapped, and two deadly assassins are dispatched to make short work of vagabond Mugen and Ronin Jin. I don't know why that's their only description for the two of them.
1: Ronin Jin. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Jin. <laughs>
2: um. So in this episode, we meet. Uh, well, Fugin, Jin, and Mugen start this episode actually asking a question that that a lot of people want to know. And even through watching the the series, it's still a question that you never get an answer for. Is we need more details about the man who smells like sunflowers?
1: Uh huh. Uh,
2: and that's like, and and she's they ask about it, and she gives like no other information. Yeah. Because it immediately cuts to like uh, them. I'm trying to think what happens in this episode. I wrote down a lot of notes, but there's, like, not much for this beginning scene. Um. But we hear people talking rumors of, like, of an ogre who is attacking people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mugen, being reckless and boastful of himself, offers to kill the ogre. Um. And he's talking with a bunch of locals, and Fu, uh, you know, tells them, you know, you're supposed to be helping me. What is all this ogre slang business? And it's funny. This is a really good – I don't think – I don't know how old Fu is when they – when they. oh, she's 15. Yeah. Okay.
1: Sure. So, sure she is.
2: <laughs> she's <laughs> she's sitting and drinking with these guys. And, again, this is another tea house. Um and she she's drinking with these guys and they they're like uh, she's like man this water tastes funny and the guy says you can really knock him back which tells you immediately me that it's alcohol yeah her face her cheeks get bright red and she passes out face down like slams face <laughs> down onto the table yeah which is a really a really good uh, really good sight gag for that scene yeah um but while they're there a local um. I guess the guy who runs the tea house, you know, warns them that they shouldn't travel the pass at night because because of the ogre that everybody's afraid of mm-hmm. and tells them of a place that they can stay that's near a, a hot spring. Yeah. So Jin and Mugen are like, they actually have Fu on a cart and they're taking her to this place because, of course, she's drunk and passed out. <laughs> and while they're walking, this woman, this random woman, is just like running through the mountain pass and Mugen stops to help her. Mm-hmm. it's like the one time we really see him do something for somebody else without
1: it without him getting anything back no 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 it's not for somebody else well he's all about that ass let's be honest
2: of course he is <laughs> but I mean when we see this you're like you're like oh he's doing a good thing because this woman's just running through the fucking woods <laughs> um so I guess he helps her like compose herself and she tells him to meet up somewhere later mm-hmm. And so they get to they get to where the guy tells them they can stay in the mountains um, to avoid the ogre. And Mugen's line is, okay, I'll see you around. There's places to see and people to do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jin immediately looks back and says, oh, that woman. And then he's just like, you know, Mugen leaves the scene. Yeah. Um, so it cuts to Mugen actually meeting with the woman inside of this random home, mm-hmm. this really nice home in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And the woman's the, she, she cuts to the chase immediately. She's like, it, she's like, it's going, it's it's going down. Mm-hmm. This is what happens with two strangers meeting in the mountains, apparently, and it's about to go down. Uh, and even even Mugen actually makes a comment about. It. He's, he's he tells her that she actually moves really fast. <laughs> Like, I guess he had his game ready, and she was not about it. She was just trying to get down and dirty.
1: And, mu- and much like before, Mugen just has no capacity to do the math. <laughs> no.
2: He's, God, this man is, like, so just some random, very attractive woman is running through the woods. She invites you back to this lavish place. She's trying to get down and dirty, and, like, you don't connect any dots any anywhere. Something might be wrong with this picture. <laughs> So while this is happening, we cut back to Jin, and he's in a hot spring, and he runs into one of the guys who was in the tea house earlier. Um, and he gets in the hot tub with him, and they're talking about the fireflies that are, like, flying around them. And this this was a great scene. There, there, there's so many little, little gags in this show. Mm-hmm. The writing's um, really good. Where he's he's talking to the guy and he's he's explaining about the fireflies and how you know they use their their lights to attract mates. Right. And he says he he says and they cut to the guy's eyes that sometimes uh, two males will attract each other. And Jen immediately says, "Well, I guess I'll be going," and gets up and goes to leave the hot spring because <laughs> he was so not about it.
1: <laughs> well, being the stern traditionalist he is, of course not.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um and the guy stops him and tells him he knows something about the uh, the sunflower samurai that they were, that Fu was talking about before. Yeah. Um so again we cut back to Mugen and he's making out with the woman and he all of a sudden he, he kicks her away and spits something out of his mouth. So we find out it's never actually said but we find out she's an assassin who poisons him with something called the one night mushroom. Mhm. Where uh, after one night it will It'll it'll kill you. You have one night left to live. It'll like destroy your, the inside of your body and you'll die. Yeah. Um. And he asks you know who she's working for again because for some reason he just couldn't connect the dots that there was something wrong with this woman who just wanted to get down and dirty. Like an hour after they met. Yeah. Um. And uh, she tells him you know that she says it's it's a guy who's who's looking for them. Because I guess she just doesn't want to get killed, and it's it's never shown if he actually just leaves or if he actually kills her before he leaves.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't remember actually. I
2: think they they just left that up to interpretation. Yeah. Um. Uh, and after uh, Mugen leaves, where again we cut back to Jin, and he's talking to the assassin. That I guess they're just walking through the woods. And the the uh, the samurai reveals himself as an assassin to. Kill Jin, and it leads to a very short but still very good fight scene. Like all the fight scenes in the show are never super long, but they're always really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, very clean and not a lot of talking through the fighting. It's 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 right to it. It's beautiful sound effects to the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So. <laughs> The guy's fighting Jin, and he tells him, you know, uh, he says he's never, he says he's excited to have somebody to fight against who actually put up a fight with him. Mm-hmm. And we cut to. It's, it's, it's a lot of cutting back and forth between because they aren't together in this, in this episode.
1: Yeah, the. <laughs> and it switches back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: Mugen going back to where they left Fu, and there's, all that's left there is like a piece of a signpost.
1: Yeah, because the ogre.
2: Uh, yeah, because of the ogre. He took. Uh, him and the guy whose army cut off took Fu. And this is where we get to the scene I was talking about before, where he he runs into the guy and he says, like, he he's, he says, you know, I've come to get my revenge for what you did to me, and he's like, who are you? He's, 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 he's like, don't you remember this arm that you cut off? Who are you? And it's just, the guy just loses it at that point. Yeah. Um, And before so I'm 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 cutting back and forth just so I want to get to the episodes. What's the pace, it's the way really the episode the show, works,
1: yeah.
2: Before uh, Fu actually met the ogre, who is just like a it's a giant dude,
1: yeah.
2: Who who was attacked by his village and they just like they attacked him with fire. Like they weren't just like attacking him with like you know spears or anything. They attacked him with fire and like he's part of his face is burned.
1: Yeah, Frankenstein style
2: yeah so he's you know he says that he's ugly people are afraid of him which is why he killed people in his village which is why people are afraid of him
1: well yeah yeah
2: so uh and Fu like Fu told him that she wasn't afraid of him that you know he he looked very sad but he she wasn't afraid you know he's his looks aren't whatever mm-hmm. um so mugen's fighting uh, Mugen's fighting the ogre and the ogre is just like throwing him around everywhere there's no really standing a chance this guy's like a million times bigger than him but also the poison's like slowly eating away his body yeah So his body's gotten really weak and uh
1: the the, the ogre kind of looks like sagat but like <laughs> like five times the body mass
2: yeah yeah just about yeah um so uh well, Mugen's body is like the ogre is pretty much just beat him down. He uh, he threw him into a tombstone and like breaks it in half, and Mugen is just down at this point. Yeah. And the one arm guy tells him, you know, he says he says he tells him not to kill him. He wants him to die slowly so he can suffer, I guess, just for cutting this guy's arm off. And uh, he 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 kicks him into a river and like starts just like to stand on his head so he like drowns in the river. Mm-hmm. And Fu pushes the guy over into the river and he smacks her Yeah. and tells him he's going to kill her. And then the ogre just comes behind him and just chokes him out and breaks his neck.
1: Yeah, it's the most awesome kill in that episode.
2: So after that, I guess Mugen kind of got himself together and runs through and just stabs the guy in the, in, the, in the stomach. Yeah. And Fu asks him, you know, why did he save her? And he, he says, you know, because she wasn't afraid of him. Mm. Um, and you know, the, through the entire thing, like even when he's fighting, when he's fighting Mugen, and he cuts his his uh, his hood off.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, he he stops fighting and says, you know, I'm ugly. Don't look at me. Yeah. Um, but because she was the one person who treated him like a normal person, he decided to save her, and he 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 died because of it. I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know if i remember too he has a pretty dope ass double-edged sword
2: yeah it's a it's fucking really
1: dope it's 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 massive and it's like two curved blades in opposite directions
2: it's it's i mean it's it's like it's just pretty much a spear with with two edges to it Yeah, yeah yeah um and i really i like that that was like it's the second episode but i was like man that like it sucked that this guy like died like that yeah because i mean it doesn't seem like he was really a bad guy he was just somebody who's being used
1: and that's pretty typical of like the wandering warrior sort of movies too mm-hmm. is that like characters are pretty disposable if they're not in the main entourage
2: <laughs> i don't know if if you look at like seven Samurai, like those guys died and they were like straight up main characters oh <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah. but like the main main characters don't die <laughs>
2: yeah that's true well no no uh, if you look at the if you look at the Seven Samurai anime, like half of those guys died in that show.
1: Yeah, okay. But like half
2: of the main cast died in that show.
1: Yeah, but I mean the original Seven Samurai. Right. Yeah. It's pupil and teacher who survived, so mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, uh Yeah, that episode's pretty crazy for sure.
2: <laughs> and so third right. and fourth episode, I'm actually gonna talk about these ones together because this is a two parter. Mm-hmm. Which this I, this this always struck me as really weird that they did a two-parter for the third and fourth episode, and it's it's so early into the series because you don't really see that a lot in anime around when the show came out, and for that to be like a like an early episode was really weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because it seems like it, it it makes sense why this is a two-parter because like what happens couldn't be resolved in that one episode. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this starts again with Jin and Mugen fighting each other.
1: Oh, everybody's hungry! Don't forget that part. And
2: the, yeah, they, they 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 like they they start they do one slash and they just like, collapse from hunger.
1: Yeah, every every episode begins and ends with them being hungry, looking for food.
2: <laughs> yeah, because they're they're just wandering around. They have no money. Yeah. Um. So Fu was just like berating them, like for fighting each other and saying, like, you know, you're supposed to help me. You can't kill each other. And they get just fed up with it while they're walking, and they just bolt in two opposite directions and leave her
1: there. Mm-hmm. Pretty, um, pretty similar to the last one, except for she was passo drunk, and they left her there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so they uh, they bolt off, and they all they all end up in this in this one town where these two uh, rival yakuza um, syndicates, I guess, are controlling territory within this town. And Mugen ends up, he always ends up like he is always like the reason shit happens in this show.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. He's... So he
2: ends up in this this I don't I don't even want to call it a tea house or a restaurant. It's somewhere. He ends up in a building full of yakuza that are eating, and he sits down with them and starts to eat their food. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the guys, like you know, he says we're part of this gang. And Mugen says, "Oh, the Yakuza—the guys who can't even go into a room and piss without each other being there together." It starts like berating like the Yakuza, and like the guys like come at him. He he literally—I think he stabs one of the guys in the hand with one of the chopsticks. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these guys are coming at him. And he's he's obviously going to beat down all these guys. Like he he's taking a knife from one of them, has one of one of their throats. Yeah, and everything. And, and then the, the boss
1: shows up. And then the boss is like, "Can't you see? You're no match for this man."
2: <laughs> right, and he says, "You know, he uh, he offers to treat Mugen to better food than what these guys are eating." Yeah. Um, if, if he'll talk to him. Yeah. Uh, and we are taken to his uh, his. I guess it's it's like guess you can call it a casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is like the like mini Vegas is what I'm. Uh,
1: well, I mean, gambling the... gambling in Japan is all dice, right? It's odds and yeah. evens with a cup.
2: Well, back then it was. Yeah. Now it's it's pachinko machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: thing.
2: yeah. <laughs> um, a Resident Evil pachinko.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that
2: that Metal Gear Solid pachinko machine. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: So he takes him to the gambling place and he's showing him around and we see an older man like lose all of his money and go into debt because he was gambling and he was he wasn't winning cuz i guess they they're cheating they're cheating these people out of their money
1: yeah 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 um
2: so uh after that we cut to jin who actually shows up at the original restaurant and um asks if there's some place to work and the guy explains you know the state of the area that the, the fact that all these yakuza are around and if he really wants to, you know, if he's a samurai he wants to earn money, try to be a bodyguard for one of these gangs. Mm.
1: Um, and that's not how Jin, Jin rolls.
2: No, because he's, he's very traditional, very honorable, mm. and is all about, you know, how uh, just, he's, again, traditional and honorable. He He isn't about selling himself short of his ideals. Yeah, yeah. So, we cut to Fu, and she, she, they all, again, they they all wind up in this town at separate times, for some, after all going in different directions, which really made no sense to me, how that worked, Mm -hmm. Um, and Fu shows up, and I guess this, this street psychic uh, says that she can tell that Fu is looking for someone, and of course Fu has no money, and offers, is like, I guess it's, I don't know what... Denomination of money this was, but it was a small amount, and they don't even take it. And they're just like we'll just give you a hint, and it says to avoid the vases, which uh, this actually comes up a lot in in, in between the two episodes. Mm-hmm. And Fu is running through this back alley and runs into this guy, and he bumps into him and he drops a vase. So there's like there's your first inkling of like you know, beware of the mean? vases.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Um, and the guy says that, uh, he asked her if he has any way to pay for it. And when he, when he says this and looks at her, you're like, yeah, this isn't going to go, you know, this isn't going to go well. It's bad news. Like, I, when this initially happened, I was like, is this guy just going to like rape her or something when this happened?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then another guy shows up like, he's like, yeah, you shouldn't be bumping into people if you can't pay for anything. And then they, they, it doesn't even look like a bag, it looks like a basket. They put her in. Yeah. And they end up taking her to a brothel to work off the Rio that she that she broke for the vase. It was only a hundred, by the way. Which yeah. I don't know really how much
1: that that is. In modern currency, not much. Yeah. In modern so, currency, that's like a dollar.
2: <laughs> I guess back then a dollar was a, a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> um But they they throw her in there to go work for um to go work off that money. And we cut back to the, the old man who had actually, you know, gone into debt, and they actually take his daughter to pay off the money that he owes because he couldn't pay them back. Mm-hmm. And she's also thrown into the brothel with, with Fu. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we see the yakuza back at the establishment, and a young boy, I guess, uh, this was, uh, this was uh, what was her name? What was the girl's name? Sozuo or something like that? Something like that. She, uh... We, we, we were introduced to her brother who is trying to get the IOU back from his father mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for taking her. And he comes in with the sword and he they, they trip the kid up and just push him around and say, you know, if you really want to come back and fight us, come back in 10 years.
1: Yeah.
2: And Jin says, um, do you want a bodyguard? Um... He said, I can show you my skills right now. And I thought he was going to kill these guys right here. He literally just cuts off all their pants. Yeah. And, for and like, he forces the guy to drop the IOU and leave.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so we find out that the boy is uh, the son of of one of the gang leaders, one of the Yakuza leaders. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you know, we need to go raid them, to go get her back. And, you know... You talk, you know, you all talk about the people and not, you know, being an actual yakuza like you are. Mm -hmm. And so he he decides, you know, if if his father's gang isn't gonna do anything about it, he's gonna do something about it. And he hires Jin himself to go and uh to go and raid this place to go get his sister back, which leads to such such a great anime trope, and it's always (laughs) funny to me. Mm -hmm. When the when the guys always decide to cross dress and try to sneak in somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it cross dress the boy cross dresses as an old woman. And then we have Jin dressed up as a woman with a sumi And so they they show up at the place and they get in and one of the one of the young Yakuza guys asks him to play something on his sumi <laughs> And it's just it's so perfect because it's so bad mm-hmm. all you hear is just, it just scratching when mm-hmm. he does it and uh immediately at his, his cover is immediately blown and he pulls out his sword yeah. and takes off you know takes off the robe and instead of instead of immediately saying oh we're being attacked they said oh it's crossdressers <laughs> they like, said oh it's crossdressers wait we're being raided and it, it, it wasn't the immediately the immediate thought wasn't we're being raided. It was oh, they're just cross-dressers.
1: And like in in typical Jin fashion, like when he pulls the sword out of the 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 guitar, I'm gonna call it guitar because I can't remember what it's called. He like uh-huh. he like waves his robe off, and as the robe comes off, he's just in his full samurai gear. Yeah, <laughs> like there's his, no transition. His full samurai gear. Yeah,
2: his makeup still on. Uh huh. Um. So they. Uh, and the other the other boss knew that this was going to happen like he knew that people, somebody was going to raid and they were going to bring the bodyguard their own bodyguard to fight against them and you know
0: mm-hmm.
2: so i guess the, this guy is all about like just running just uh what did, what did he say he's he just wants to rule people Mm-hmm so uh he's all about ruling people and you know actually being he's all about actually being like a shady yakuza leader instead of just being somebody who's all about you know honor and everything Mm -hmm. because even though it is a gang there is some honor to it and this guy is he's just not about it Mm -hmm. he's just all about money and about himself so he says he says you know i know this bodyguard was going to show up uh he tells mugen to go out there and fight him And then they find out each other that they were the two bodyguards. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And the the part one ends in the climax of them like ready to clash. Mm -hmm. And when part two starts up, and this was, I always look for this in a lot of shows because this is really funny to me because a lot of American shows do this as well with there's continuity errors. So when 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 the episode ends, when the first part ends, Mugen does not have his sandals on. Mm -hmm. This episode starts, he immediately has his sandals on. And then two seconds later, the sandals are gone again.
1: Movie magic.
2: I was was, was just like, this was was such a small thing. Mm -hmm. But it comes up three times through this episode, through through this two-parter. Wait. This is just his sandals.
1: Does the part with Fu happen in the first episode where she becomes like... Or is that the second episode? Which one? In these two episodes where... She ends up not working out so well at the brothel, so she ends up being the dice roller. That's the, that's the second part. Uh, that's, the,
2: that's this part. It's <laughs> the end of which well, she's got the be finger,
1: the fingers like a pro. Like, yeah,
2: yeah. And she 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 throws them around the room, but they still land out of the cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So Mugen and are fighting, and all of a sudden, the the other gang leader of the the building that they're in calls out all the rest of the all the rest of his men. Mm-hmm. And Mugen's just about fighting Jin by himself. He doesn't give a shit about anybody else fighting him. Like, he's supposed to kill him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Or so he thinks. And he starts actually cutting down the guys that he's supposed to be allied with to get to Jin. Mm-hmm. And everybody starts to freak out because he starts killing his own, like, his allies. Mm-hmm. Um, and after this happens and everybody leaves and they're taking all the bodies away, we cut back to... Susie was her name. Susie was the girl's mm, name. Mm. Um, we come back to her and foo and they're talking after the first night that they're that they're at the brothel, and she says she uh, Fu wants to escape, but she says she won't run because her father's going to be killed. Mm. She says like no matter if she runs, her father will die. Like there's there's nothing's going to be nothing good is going to come out of her leaving, so she might as well stay and do this. Mm. Um so we see her brother sosuke come and try to save his sister again and he ends up stabbing one of the young guys in in the gang and they all believe that it's that it's another raid and they actually capture him
1: wait sosuke there's the ponyo connection right there (laughs)
2: uh so they they, the his men capture the boy and they take him to his father well the other yakuza leader Mm mm-hmm And they say, you know, he he came and he killed one of our our youngsters. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is going to be worth more than just... To repay this is going to be worth more than just cutting off a finger or cutting off an arm or something. Um, So he plans to meet with the other Yakuza leader. And their way of settling this is to do it with gambling.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And... At this point, um, the guy says that Mugen doesn't need to fight anymore. He just his presence being there is enough um, of a threat to the other gang. And Mugen isn't about that. He isn't about like you know. He isn't about just ruling people. He he says he says I don't want to be ruled and I don't want to rule people. Mm-hmm. I'm all about my own skills.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And he, he tries to leave, and then when he's leaving the um, the original bodyguard that they had. Um, says that he's that he's you know he feels the same but you know sometimes he's you know, he left the first gang and joined this gang because sometimes even though you want to do you want to be free and do what you want to do there's some things you have to do that you just have to put up with mm-hmm. like things aren't going to go exactly the way you plan and you have to kind of just you know bite the bullet and do what you have to do to stay alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at this point, Mugen is just like walking down the street in the rain. And he's flashing back to Fu being caught up in the uh, in the brothel, and I guess he comes to some little bit of senses and says he has to go back and save her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think so he... I think this is this is a point where Mugen isn't exactly a, a clone of Bender or vice versa, uh-huh. because at the end of the day, he has like a moral moralistic center that he mm-hmm. mostly ignores when it comes to respecting strangers' lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: so he busts he actually runs back to the brothel to go to save Fu and as soon as he busts the door down one of the girls says oh yeah she's gone cause she she, some guy uh paid to to, to go have sex with her and she just like tied him up and just like escaped from <laughs> escaped from the brothel
0: mm-hmm.
2: so she's uh she's running away and she's looking for the gambling the gambling establishment yeah and these guys are these two guys are running. I don't know what this thing is called that they're carrying.
1: Hmm.
2: I've seen a whole bunch of different shows and stuff, and I don't know what this thing is
1: called. Describe it.
2: Um, it's it's the it's the little thing they were carrying with that that Fu sat in. It's like a little like
1: like a rickshaw.
2: I guess kind of, but they were just like it's just them carrying it. They're not pulling it or anything. It's just both just carrying it. On their it's shoulders. like a
1: basket with two sticks on it. Yes. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that has a name, but I know what you're talking about.
2: Um. So they were. Uh, they tell her to get in, <laughs> and um, while uh She gets there, mm-hmm. and she says, "Oh, this must be the gambling establishment because they it cuts to the gang leaders and they're waiting for the dice roller from the other uh, from the gang, and he hasn't shown up because mm. I guess this guy did something to the dice roller so he wouldn't show up." Mm. So they they take Fu and they put her in all these clothes, and this is this another just another just fun little gag they have in this It's because Jin is in there with with one of the gangs, and Fu shows up and he's like he's like wait why are you and it cuts him off right there, and she goes into full just professional gambling mode.
1: Well, she's got like she's got her robe half off so she can show uh-huh. her sleeves, uh-huh. and she's like in like a, almost like a mantis pose. With the dice cup in one hand and the dice in between her two fingers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, the most badass gangsta dice roller.
2: <laughs> like, and, like, she, she throws the dice, because they're between her fingers, she throws the dice, and I'm like, okay, she's gonna throw them into the cup. Yeah. Nope. They bounce off the walls and somehow land right under the cup, when she slams it down. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a, such a badass, and also just funny moment for her. Mm-hmm. Um... And it never so, it never really
1: explains how she learned those skills either. No,
2: it's it's never brought up. It's just it was just a fun little gag for this episode. <laughs> um so the gang that Jen is with um they end up losing and that's the one where the the boy, you know, the boy who that's where the boy is from that got captured. It's from that gang. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, he tells him that the agreement was that somebody's life would be would be, they pay with somebody's life and they didn't say whose, they didn't, you know, specifically say the boy. Mm-hmm. So he kills himself so he doesn't have to give up his territory or anything. Yeah. And the uh, the other gang leader says, well, you know, he tells him that it was a waste and that um, he's going to take his territory by force if he's not going to give it to him. <laughs> Uh, and then Mugen just bursts in and of course fighting commences immediately mm-hmm. so Mugen bursts in and then all the other gang members show up and him and Jin are cutting everybody down and you see the other gang leader just like leave out the back like he just like turns tail and runs yeah so the uh his his body like he, he he's running outside and he, he runs into his bodyguard and his bodyguard kills him um for being honorless you know, like he he didn't do things the the way they should have been been done. Mm-hmm. He was all of, he wasn't about he wasn't about any of his men, he was just about the money and about himself. Yeah. Um so the bodyguard kills him and uh it cuts to Fu and Jin talking to uh Sosuke and uh Osuzu because I guess she's been freed now because of the two the gang leaders dead and everything, so his establishment's just like gone. Yeah. Um. And when when they're leaving, the uh, the other bodyguard tells Mugen that he wants to settle things because they were fighting earlier in the episode. And because uh, I guess this this guy was actually just really honorable, but I guess you know, like he said earlier, he's he's stuck in this way because he can't be as free as he wants to be. Mm-hmm. So Mugen tells him he's he's like, you know, he's I don't know how to hold back and he says good and they it shows him like just like the badass samurai clash. And you just see the blood splurt out of the guy's mouth cuz the guy lost. And this this was a great scene at the end cuz it it showed I guess a more human side to Mugen. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like leaving his body, you know, just laid out on the ground, he propped it up with his sword, you know uh next to the river next to the riverside instead of just like his just leaving him there dead on the ground mm-hmm. which is really a really good ending scene a really good ending shot for this episode
1: yeah yeah it, because it sh- the
2: guy died with honor instead of doing a dishonorable thing and dying that way
1: well and it showed that you know he's not completely lost to his hedonistic self-serving nature right right so he, definitely like a well-rounded character like He's got kind of like a Wolverine edge to himself, you know, but, yeah. but like at the same time, he's not uh, full on, he doesn't give a shit about anybody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. He's also
2: not Canadian, so. <laughs>
1: oh man. Sorry. Uh,
2: <coughs> so this last episode that we had, uh, it's the fifth episode.
1: This is the weirdest one in, in the first five.
2: This was a very weird episode. This was um, the
1: first one where I was like, oh, okay.
2: <laughs> unknown artist hires Fu for a private modeling session, but his passion for painting turns out to be a front for a human trafficking ring. Mm-hmm. Will Mugen crack the case in time to save Fu from a lifetime of slavery? So that's one description for this that I didn't really like.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because, for one, it, it, it spoils something at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um and two, Mugen isn't trying to crack some cases. Mugen's, not a, Mugen's just,
1: not a detective.
2: He's trying to get money so they can cross a river. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they're trying to pay the ferryman.
2: So uh, it starts. This this episode starts actually showing a lot of ukiyo-e paintings. <laughs> yeah. Um, and talking about a whole bunch of different artists and actually again like i said earlier it actually mentions vincent van gogh by name which is really cool
1: well yeah and the artist that the character is in this one is an actual ukiyo-e artist you can go Mm -hmm. see his actual work (laughs) right which is featured in the episode
2: uh let me actually see let me see Uh... hishikawa moronobu yeah and yeah that actually shows his actual art in the in the episode which is really nice mm-hmm. and the actual um so he, when he when he finds Fu, he actually wants her to do this pose of her looking back because he says she's a she's a great beauty when she's looking back and that's actually one of his most famous pieces that he actually did mm-hmm. is of the beauty looking back which is really cool that they reconnect this to actual his you know his actual work
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and he's actually like known for popularizing uh uh ukiyo-e woodblock paintings uh back in that time period which is back in the edo period
1: yeah yeah so
2: some more again some more history it's coming out of this coming out of this show
1: you're learning things and you don't even know it
2: um so this most of this episode well the 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 beginning and the end the ending of this episode is actually monologued by a police officer
1: who is the greatest character in the series that's not a i
2: I love this
1: character. Like I'm, it, I'm, am <laughs> sad that we're only talking about the first five episodes because there's a great episode towards the end. Uh, it's called like Baseball Blues.
2: Baseball Blues is one of my favorite episodes of the series. Yeah,
1: and it has a really strong featuring of, of this new character that you're describing right now. It's,
2: so it's this. How do you describe this police officer? In all
1: honesty? He's he's like a he's like a. Uh, I'm just trying to think. He's like an overzealous uh, sheriff or a detective who like has a chip on his shoulder because he thinks he's really good at, at at a at his job but he's he also kind of is a bumbling fool in a lot of ways and he gets upset uh, when people call him out on it
2: he reminds me of zenigata from lupan the third
1: okay yeah 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 <laughs> yeah
2: like if, if i could relate it to any other character he reminds me of so much of Zenigata from Lupin the Third. If, if if anybody's listening and they haven't watched Lupin the Third, I want you to stop listening to this episode. Go watch some episodes of Lupin the Third and watch like the newest movie that came out for Lupin the mm-hmm. Third. And then come back to this. <laughs> because that is... It's a fantastic series that has been going for forever and a day.
1: Mm. Koichi. Koichi Zenigata. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Um... So he introduces himself. Uh, well, this we, we meet the artist, um, who's in his in this tea house, and uh, he introduces himself to Fu, and you know tells her that he's an artist, and says that he wants to use her as um, as a model for his work. <clears throat> and while he's talking to her, he says, he says you know he says while you're here, treat yourself to whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So she or she immediately just orders food for her Mugen and Jin. Yeah, <laughs> and it just like it does like a quick cut to them just dropping off all these plates with like empty sticks, like they had all the food on back to their back to their table, and then just leaving.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Um, uh,
2: let's see. So uh, and, and it shows the cop, and he's talking about how all the women who were missing um because that's he's investigating all these women that have gone missing in his town and there were women who are posing for ukiyo-e paintings hmm. and this guy immediately says that he needs fu as a model for his ukiyo-e work yeah so right there is like the connection like oh okay because like even this guy like you th- you look at this guy and he's like yeah this guy's a bad guy like there's something sinister about this guy when you see him
1: yeah
2: um So, it shows them, it shows Mugen and Jin, like, trying to find money to pay the ferryman so they can cross the river. And instead of just, like, I don't know, being a normal person, like, looking for, like, odd jobs, Mugen literally beats down some dudes in the alleyway for all their money. Mm -hmm. And uh, we find out that the three guys that Mugen attacked were Yakuza.
1: Especially, like, the one dude with green hair. (laughs)
2: The, the green hair and just all sharp teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He has a like, you have the green hair it has a skull tattoo on the side of his head and all skull teeth. That's well, like they, they for some reason made this dude stand out <laughs> between well, the other two, two guys.
1: Yeah and that's another thing about like these anime, the, the Watanabe animes is like the character rendition is always interesting. Yeah. Um so he beats these
2: guys down, takes all their money, and they run away. And they say, you know, say, you know, we'll make you pay for this later. And immediately, I was like, yeah, okay. So this will come back up, and we're gonna probably kill these guys.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Um. So the uh, we come back to the artist, and he's taking Fu <clears throat> to this gallery where all of his ukiyo-e paintings are. And he's explaining that you know he wants to use her, and he says that he'll pay her for her time. And again, because they are looking for money, she she agrees to it. Mm-hmm so um he's painting fu in his home and he's he's actually painting the the beauty looking behind um with fu as the model yeah and as soon as he finishes painting all these guys come in and just capture her yeah um he says he says he says this is another part of my work and just like lets the guys take her
1: yeah
2: um so he's he's it cuts to him uh walking down, walking through the street late at night and we see the uh like this i' want we'll say middle aged woman who's like i guess one of the she's one of the leaders of this Yakuza gang that we've been running into so far in this episode and she like tries to like seduce the artist guy and he's just like not having it yeah like he's 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 uh, he's, he's 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 like uh what does he say? His stomach has been acting up, and he's just like... Well, it's our, tries to slip away from her. It's already
1: clear. It's already really clear when he's painting Fu that he's really uncomfortable with like being around women. To period. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so
2: he gets away from her, and he goes to where they actually took Fu, and says that he's going to break her out. Yeah. So he gets her out of this barrel that they stuffed her in and unties her and she immediately slaps him across the face for what he did to her yeah and you know she asks him she says you know why did he do this how many women has he done this to and at first you know he tells her that you know he didn't he said he doesn't know at first he didn't know that this was a thing that was happening um, and she tells him like you know she he's making excuses for himself not to you know to not put the blame on himself for this happening
1: yeah um, you forgot about the momoko part before that <laughs>
2: Oh my god, so they're stuffing Fu into this barrel, and uh, she's, like, struggling, and Momoko goes to, like, jump out and, I guess, attack one of the guys yeah. so Fu can get out.
1: He's, he's a flying, he, He's a fly, just in case you haven't seen it, he's a flying squirrel, so, like, he jumps yeah. out and spreads his arms and legs and turn, turns into, like, a flying rug. And
2: he slams the lid down on Momoko. Yeah, it's so sad. And, and one of the guys is like, did you just hear, like, a small animal just now? <laughs> Because I guess they didn't see Momoko, and then they sh- it shows Fu and Momoko inside the barrel. It like, shows Momoko just like
1: yeah. It shows out. Momoko like collapse backwards onto Fu. Uh
2: huh.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. So the uh, the yakuza and the the the, the middle aged the the women the woman shows up.
1: Yeah.
2: And he, uh, she says she says oh so you're interested in young women like this now come. <laughs> um, because i guess he just he didn't want to be with her so i guess she she figured it was somebody else and not her yeah and not you know like i'm actually trying to free her she was just worried about herself at that point uh so they actually they actually beat the artist up and um i guess for for i guess trying to betray them or something yeah and um Mugen is actually in his home at this point and asked where she was you know what happened to her so they run back to the building where they were keeping her they've already taken her out of here they've already taken her barrel out of there
1: yeah
2: um because the building where all his paintings were and in a was like a magazine shop mm-hmm. were a front for a human trafficking ring that they were running
1: yeah meanwhile so, meanwhile the detectives investigating them for distributing pornography <laughs> right yeah
2: not you know not not for the not for the traffic ring just for distributing pornography yeah
1: so, which is like a, uh, it's a very Japanese crime to punish.
2: Yeah. So they come back, uh, to where food was being held and there's one barrel left in there. Yeah. And like, Hey, they said, they say, Oh, there's a barrel still here. And then it shows the cop burst out of the barrel and says, Oh, the barrel moved. or something, or something popped out. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's Mugen's only line when it happens. Something popped out of the barrel. Yeah. Um, and it's this cop I don't know I guess he's just been in there I guess all night or something waiting for the guys to show up and he's just like he's in just his underwear and he's just sweating inside this barrel with his sword It's he says oh I guess I missed him by a few seconds yeah <laughs> so it shows Mugen chasing down these guys with the barrels in the boat um trying to go rescue Fu mm-hmm. again it's, it's these same three dudes he's run into already in the, in the episode <laughs> um and one of the guys, even, like, when Mugen goes, like, to jump on the boat, the guy's immediately just says, please not again. And just immediately gets his face stepped on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he makes, like, really short work of the uh, two of the guys. And the third guy, our, our friend with the mohawk, uh, has taken Fu and just taken her off, taken her out of the boat. And is running uh, through the streets with her, running back to the magazine shop. And Mugen chases him down, cuts cuts in half this door, and kicks it right into this guy. Yeah. And like he bursts through, and you see uh, the woman. Like I guess there, she was doing a transaction with somebody, trying to sell, trying to sell one of the women. And um, the cop is like there, and like I guess he, he, this cop is is so great because he's just so aloof to what's actually happening.
1: Yeah. Like, like he's, he's he's almost there, but he doesn't have all the facts.
2: And he's just like staring at one of like the porno mags instead of like trying to really arrest arrest them at this
0: point.
1: Well, and also it's important to note that when he was in the barrel, he bust he busts out in his underwear.
0: Yeah,
1: like one of the towel wraps around his stomach, and he's wearing like a g string basically, like pretty much. Yeah, and he busts out right in front of Mugen, and at this point he shows up to the scene of the crime, and he's got foo under his arm. And he's in this giant, like, basically, it looks like a, a diaper. He's in this giant diaper, and his sword isn't even unsheathed. It looks like it's just a big black truncheon. <laughs> and he's, like, calling them out for distributing porn. And everyone's kind of like, what?
2: <laughs> yeah. It's not the actual thing that's going on here, but just, just because of the porn. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, all the people get arrested. All the yakuza get arrested for you know for the actually having the traffic ring. Well, the the leader of the their leader gets arrested for it. Um, who was an old man who Jin was actually playing um, show guy with. Yeah, yeah. For Like the entire episode.
1: That's where Jin. Um, just in case we you were wondering what happened to Jin this episode. Yeah.
2: He, Jin in this entire episode has been playing show guy with this guy for like two days. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And at the end of the episode, Jin beat him, yeah. and the guy pays up and gives him enough money that they can get across with the fairy. Uh, and so at the end, the uh, the artist shows back up and he's, tells her he's in a oh, barrel. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's he, well, he's trying to escape um, from the yakuza yeah. because they're still there. Like there's, they just took him the leader, yeah. but his wife is still there and the rest of the the men. Um, so, he's telling Fu that he's uh, he's going to use her as his inspiration to to make his ukiyo-e fam- uh, famous. Yeah. And he shows his finished piece of the woman, the 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 beauty looking back, and it actually it looks completely different from oh, yeah. the actual piece. But
1: well, there's there's like side boob and like sunflowers. She
2: says uh, <laughs> she says he he drew me with great hooters. <laughs> Um, but there's a funny little, little gag is while he's lowering himself into the barrel, he's echoing his, like, his last words. Like, he's, he's, like, he's, he's actually, instead of just, like, letting the sound echo, he's like, he's like, I'm leaving, 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 and then just, like, sits in the barrel.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um. And then there's a gag at the end, too, where it cuts to, like, Vincent Van Gogh's house, and it shows the ukiyo-e painting in Vincent van Gogh's yeah. painting like a painting within uh-huh. a painting
2: <laughs> they're like they're like his art was inspired by his ukiyo-e paintings <laughs> um so this this the show is like for for my final version of the show, everybody should watch this show. Mm-hmm. There's there's no doubt about it. Watch this show.
1: It's not perfect, but
2: it's definitely not perfect, but but it's it's very good. It's it's I mean the show this show came out when 2004. 2004, yeah. So it's what it's 13 years old now. It holds up great. Uh, animation is still really good because it's somewhat stylized.
1: There's two really cool things about it. Number one is there's only one filler episode. Everything else mm-hmm. is canonic, can, canonical. So, like, when you're watching it, the story's progressing. You don't ever have to sit through, like, a recap episode or, like, a throwaway episode. And uh, the deeper you go, the more you fall in love with the characters. Uh, other other episodes, I know I know, I mentioned baseball blues, but Beatbox Bandits is one of my favorite episodes.
2: Beatbox Bandits is really good.
1: It's the one where Mugen ends up uh, finding... Uh, uh, a clan of Tengu, which is like mass ninjas, and mm-hmm. they have like twenty foot tall pot plantation. It's 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 pretty amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, the whole thing it, it comes together really well. And if you're interested in like Edo period Japan, or you like hip hop, or you know, chambara films, it's like I would say it's the perfect uh, blend of those three for sure. It's mandatory viewing. I even for people who don't like anime, I'd say it's a good entry point.
2: If you just want to show us some really good music in it, it's this.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so that's my shampoo. Uh, let me pull back up my show notes because I have a whole bunch of other stuff open. So, there's so I wanted to talk about Wasanabe and his other works that people should actually watch because he has so much stuff that's out. He's he's if people don't if people don't know. He's the, dir- he's the director for this show, mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop, and uh, for the three shows anybody would know. It's this show, Cowboy Bebop, and Space Dandy. Uh,
1: Yeah, and uh, the Cowboy Bebop film. And he worked on Macross oh. for a bit, too, I think. But notable are the three serials he's but done.
2: He, he also has worked on Escaflowne. He's worked on Araca 7. Mm-hmm. He worked on some stuff for Lupin the Third. Yeah. He's worked for some stuff for Gundam, as well. So he's, this, he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But he's known for incorporating stuff like you know cowboy westerns, which is you know uh, like cowboy westerns and uh, film noir, uh, which of course comes back to cowboy bebop. And then you've got hip hop and the cultures of Okinawa and the Chambara films comes into Samurai Champloo. Mm-hmm. So I mean,
1: I mean honestly, if you look at his body of work, just based on those three, Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo, Space Dandy, they all you pretty much the same protagonist <laughs> to some yeah. degree like they're one variation yeah. of another uh spiegel is very much like mugen is very much like space dandy uh but not in a way that gets tiresome because they're really lovable characters i would say definitely i would, I would say give, like
2: give give this a work give this a watch and give all of gets all of the rest of his work a watch
1: yeah i think i think like Champlu would be my choice for pit first pick then i'd say bebop then dandy if i had to pick which way you're going to watch them cuz i feel like dandy requires the most uh, experience
2: <laughs> yeah between with with all of his work i would definitely say i would actually i would, I would actually do bebop then shampoo and then dandy but I'm just a, i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't do dandy first
1: no definitely not D- get, dandy get, get
2: more acquainted with his with his with his work before you get into dandy
1: dandy would scare some people off i think
2: dandy god dandy was like when i watched the first episode i was like man this show's really weird like but i was like this is a watch thing so it it makes a lot of sense
1: i think it's like episode three or four when he gets the crap kicked out of him in that restaurant that's when i was like okay okay this is uh, i'm okay yeah (laughs) but yeah like the first like the first couple i was like oh man this is way out there (laughs) um but
2: also, uh,
1: let me let me pull this up because I wanted to talk
2: about a little bit of uh, new jobbs. This episode might run a little long. It's okay. It's we're like an hour forty. It's okay. Yeah, we're it's good.
1: Me. We're good. We can we can edit out the part where I talk about the yeti. That part it's not no. It's not important. <laughs> just, uh, that's
2: staying in there forever. Just
1: trim it down a little bit. I I feel uh, I feel like I over oversold myself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, I wanted to talk about because we talked about this in the beginning of the episode um it's more about Nujabes and like his his work because this it's the first thing you you hear when you watch the show
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um Nijabez unfortunately passed seven years ago actually seven years ago like this month he passed in february
1: twenty sixth two thousand ten yeah yeah uh a tragic tragic of, car accident too like it was not yeah. it was totally out of the blue so
2: he some of the best music you can listen to if if, if nothing else from the show go listen to some new jabez music after this and just just take like an hour for yourself and just listen
1: he's one of the i i would say he's probably the most iconic japanese hip-hop composers by far and like I, th- I think i think the the draw to his stuff is that he uses those really nice clean jazz samples that aren't necessarily identifiable like those little piano cuts or uh mm-hmm. various things but he the way he incorporates it into Japanese culture as well so it's not just like he's not just like a flavor of the week sort of guy like there's this one track called uh uh oh it's gonna drive me nuts it's one that's basically about a fireworks festival uh, in Japan mm-hmm. and the whole track starts with like, you can hear the fireworks popping and then the jazz beat comes in and, uh, it's just amazing, just amazing stuff.
2: Yeah. This, this is where I wish, uh, I wish Vince was here because he would, God, you could do, you two could do a whole episode just talking about his music because <laughs> Vince is like the biggest music head that I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if nothing else.
1: It's very, it's very chill. Like yes,
2: if you if you something you can just put on and just leave on and just have it be like your background music for the day. You
1: could you could like meditate to it or do yoga. <laughs>
2: um. But yeah, again, uh, I'm just gonna roll this back. Watch the show, enjoy it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you just watch these, like I, I want to say, watch one of these five episodes. Like at least watch episode one if, if you. If you're gonna watch these five episodes, watch them and then watch at least watch like the the baseball episode because that's just a fantastic. That's the episode that most people know from the show.
1: Oh man, but you can't sell it short. Even episode six, like with the eating contest and the the, the, the Dutch dude.
2: <laughs> the eating contest was really good.
1: Like, just watch, just look, just look. watch the this whole thing. Is, just
2: it's, yeah, it's all on Crunchyroll. It's twenty six episodes. Just watch the whole thing. Just
1: don't 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 sell yourself short. Just watch the whole thing. You won't be disappointed, at least not. It makes sh- that make sure you watch
2: the opening and ending for every episode because yeah,' you're just gonna love it yeah <laughs> some point in this episode is gonna be uh, battle crabs playing in the background. I don't know where, but I'm gonna throw it in there uh, so we actually have and this is this is uh this is like my favorite part of the doing this show uh is we have listener questions, oh no. So every week we ask people to submit questions for the show. And we have two questions for this week.
1: Uh, uh-oh. I'm already worried. <laughs> so
2: our first question comes from uh, Stephens Ryan. And this is from Facebook. And they ask, what is your favorite underrated and favorite overrated anime?
1: Mm, uh, my – can I – you want me to go first? Is that cool? Go ahead. My favorite uh, – and it may not be underrated, but it's underrated for me – is uh, Memories. Are you familiar with that? It's not a no. It's not a serial. Uh, Memories uh, is... Uh, I think it's a three... Yeah, three short films. Uh, it's Kashiro Otomo, Koji Morimodo and Tensei Okamura. And it's three short films. And it's all Japanese science fiction.
2: I have seen this. So
1: it's Magnetic Rose, uh, Stink Bomb, and Cannon Fodder. And my favorite yes. of the three is Mag- Magnetic Rose. Because it's like uh these uh a, a salvage freighter uh, finds like a distress signal in space and they come mm-hmm. up, upon like a space graveyard. but like the graveyard is like falling apart in like European like uh European like interiors and stuff and they get into it and they start to hallucinate and shit. It's really cool. but the other two are also really awesome. One's about a dude who uh, becomes a human stink bomb that like kills people. <laughs> And then the third one's about two two walled cities perpetually at war, but that was the first uh, anime that I watched that wasn't recommended to me. Is one that I just pull off the shelf in a video store, and mm-hmm. I, I I've always it's always held a close place in my heart. And uh, most overrated anime that I love is uh, Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> okay, because everybody loves Cowboy Bebop. I think it uh, because it's so popular, it's overrated. <laughs>
2: Um, <clears throat> for me, that that it's, that it's, that, or, that or
1: Spirited Away. Sorry, sorry.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, it's not it's not it's nothing serialized, but it's a it's a movie. Hmm. My favorite, for fair underrated, is Steamboy.
1: Oh man, that is definitely underrated.
2: <laughs> I love Steamboy to death. It came out in like two thousand four. It's like right before I went to high school. It came out. Mm-hmm. It actually came out in the movie theaters. I went and saw this in the movie theater. Yeah. Um. It's about, it's, 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 I'm not a huge, like, steampunk fan. I'm not at all super into steampunk stuff. But this whole thing is set in, like, Europe? I, yeah, it's, it's set in, like, in 19th century Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've made huge strides in, like, steam, in steam power. And it's about this, this man and his son. And this weird spherical thing that is powered by steam and everybody wants it. And it's... It's like a, it's, a, it's pretty much like the most space opera European thing you can probably watch. Yeah. Um, but it's actually noted to being... St- it's still one of the most expensive Japanese animated movies ever made.
1: And it, it, it here's the thing. Here's why it's underrated. It came on the heels of Akira. It's the same director, Kachiro, yes. Kachiro Otomo. It came mm-hmm. on the heels of Akira. So a lot of people were like, what's next? What's after Akira? And then they're like, oh, steampunk. <laughs> but it's a really good movie.
2: It's really solid. It's really good. Yeah. Uh for most overrated. <laughs> God, what is my favorite overrated anime? Probably like, probably Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will go on the record saying that, that. I mean, that is my favorite anime series. But that's every everybody's seen it. There's I don't know anybody who really hasn't seen at least an episode of Yu Yu Hakusho.
1: I mean, that haircut, green coat combination is enough for you to be, what is this? I need to watch it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Um, So thank you for your question. And our last question comes from our good boy, Coffee Condor. Brian, thank you for asking the question every week. We love you. Brian's question is, what is your stand name and ability? If nobody knows what stands are, uh, it's the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure thing. Um, it's pretty much like your fighting spirit uh, that has been like materialized to have like a physical form, and they all have weird abilities and stuff.
1: You you can go first on this one.
2: Oh man, uh, what would my stand name be? Inability. Uh, <laughs> uh holy shit, I have no idea. <sighs> what would my stand name, and ability be? Uh, I got mine.
1: I got mine because because okay. with JoJo, it's all classic rock. Uh,
2: yeah, but it I mean but it have to be classic rock my, just like...
1: I would be I would be uh Hocus Pocus by Focus. <laughs> if you don't know that song, go look it up on YouTube. It is uh-huh. seven minutes of Led Zeppelin slaying Yodel rock. <laughs> <laughs> so Hocus Pocus by Focus would be my standing. Okay. Name. And my ability would be uh, obviously some form of yodeling. <laughs>
2: Uh oh. Uh, shit! Does it have to be? Does it have to be rock affiliated? Cause I figure I, no I man, I no
1: you man. Can you can mix it up. You can mix it up.
2: <laughs> Why wow, would it be the quiet storm? If uh, I don't think you would know what this is. The Quiet Storm is actually it's it's a it's it's like the longest running um, late night radio program, uh, and it started actually in D.C. Okay, and it's still they still actually do it. Um, it
1: what kind of what kind of it's like a it's like
2: it's like late night R and B music. Okay, okay, it's like really chill, like old, like old old R and B music. Hoo-hoo. It actually starts like it starts every uh, <clears throat> every time it starts. It starts, they play the entire Quiet Storm by, um...
1: Smokey Robinson.
2: Yes, by Smokey Robinson. <laughs> um, now, what my ability be? Uh, probably, like, some sound barriers or something. Nice. <laughs> but, yeah. Definitely, oh, God, the Quiet Storm. Yeah, I'd be all about that.
1: That's the, no, that, that fits, man. That fits
2: um so thank you coffee condo for your question thank
1: you coffee condo
2: um let me pull it back up my show notes because I have a million things open on my computer right now
1: um
2: so yeah we've, we've gone through everything um next week we will be back uh, for Samurai Jack. I know it's two Samurai things back to back.
1: But uh, completely but completely do, different kinds of Samurai. We're
2: going to do Samurai Jack. I know it's not it's not anime, it's it's western animation, but this is about as close as we can get for anime for western animation. Uh-huh. Um, and I really want to talk about it because the, the new season is actually starting really soon.
1: Uh, I still can't believe that's happening. It's going to be amazing.
2: I, I'm so glad they finally came back and are doing this again. I've been rewatching
1: um, with my kids, and they love it.
2: Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hope...
1: we just finished I, I... we just finished Batman the Animated Series, the original, and uh, oh my god! So they're right on the heels of that for Samurai Jack. Okay. Yeah, uh,
2: I really hope they get the RZA back because he did all the music for the
1: original Samurai Jack. Mm, yeah, it's possible. I don't know if he can recapture the same flavor though. He's changed a lot.
2: I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I wonder if they get him back for something. I, I hope it's just 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 a re just a redo of even just the intro. Mm. Would be really nice. Mm. Um, but Glenn, thank you so much for for coming here and doing the show with me this week. I know the full uh, all three of us weren't here this week, but at least you could do it with just me.
1: I'm I'm really sorry for being on your show, and uh, <laughs> I'm really sorry for everyone who had to listen to this.
2: Um. I mean, I'm sorry everybody listening to this every week, but for some reason people keep listening. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it was really cool having you on. It's always really nice to talk to you. Like well, You and I talk like every day, but it's really nice to always just like sit and talk with you.
1: Yeah, uh, let's give a quick shout out to uh, the MAGFest peeps.
2: Uh, Yo, quick shout out to everybody, all the MAGFest people. Let me pull that up. Let me I'm just gonna shout out by name.
1: <laughs> no, you got a shout out by uh, codenames, code though. Yeah. Uh...
2: Oh my God! Okay, hold on. Or,
1: or as we, as we, say, the soda names, the soda names.
2: I'll do it for the soda names that are actually in here because everybody didn't change theirs.
1: LaCroix Fanta, A.K.A. Kevin bobbitt Hell yeah! Sarsaparilla Cherry Coke, that's me over here.
2: <laughs> Shasta Shasta, that's my boy Connor McDonald, Samurai corn dog on Twitter.
1: <laughs> Shasta Shasta, favorite and least favorite soda. <laughs>
2: Uh, we got pib canada dry yeah regular <laughs> Those are more kyle
1: regular soda diet vanilla coke
2: <laughs> oh my god
1: oh man it just keeps getting uh,
2: most soda root beer mm. <laughs> and we're the, like everybody else hasn't done it i need to, i need everybody else to actually do this that's that actually <laughs> it's true <laughs> oh god this was so dumb uh <laughs> Oh. But uh, yeah, shout out to every shout out to the MacFest crew, <clears throat> and uh, shout out to everybody at the Yeti and all that good stuff. Uh, we we always we run this ad every week uh, for the Yeti. We talk about the Yeti a whole bunch on the show. We're not getting paid for this. We just really like the
1: company. We really like the shirts. <laughs> I think I think Kevin secretly wants a job though. Just S- secretly my ass. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So yeah um thank you guys for listening this week don't forget to send your listener questions to the email at shonen trash cast at gmail.com or you can leave them on the twitter account we post up and we make a post every sunday before we record and you guys can leave questions there um but i have been your spectacle samurai kevin Bobbitt,
1: and i've been the great white north edition of the yeti glenn o'neill <laughs> see you guys next week see you next week guys bye,
0: bye guys and... Yeah, show sharp like an edge of a samurai sword The metal blade cut through flesh and bone No mind mind's at peace, the world out of water listen in the heat, life gets colder Oh yes, I have to find my path No less walk on earth, water and fire The elements compose a magnum Opus my is so is now Steel, in my micro Chip of all armor, a sign of all pro The ultimate reward is done Not a war that I with the times of wars With no lords, a freelancer A battle cry of a heart Make the night and a dust lie in a dry. Wonder why a lone wolf don't run with the clay. Only trust instincts and be one with the plan Some days, some nights Some live, some die the way up the samurai Some fight, some bleed Some, some up, some down The, sundown, the, sons of the, the of sun of a battle ride. Some days, some nights, some live, some die in the name of the samurai, some fight, some bleed, some up, some down, the songs of a battle cry. A battle cry. See, we witness of a fall to hear this See sickness in the ocean of wickedness Set sail to the sunset, no second guessing fall. He's down with the spirit, the wild west. The growth grow coach test uh, Time for the chosen ones to find the best. Uh, no more minds than ever grace the face. and this fear with the fear, fly over the blue yard, uh, where the sky needs to see and I need no eye. Meets, the eye boy meets world and became a man to serve the world to Save the day, the night, and the girl too. Some nights, some live, some die In the way of the samurai Some fight, some bleed Some up. the so sun down The sons of a bad ride Some days, some nights Some live, some die In the name of the samurai Some fight, some bleed Some up. the so sun down The sons of a bad ride.